This is Yemen News. I'm Alex Williams, and on this podcast, we share news and stories from the Yemeni people. In this episode, we're going to be highlighting education in Yemen. We're going to hear a couple of inspirational stories from one Yemeni education program coordinator coming out of war-torn Yemen. In order to help us to understand the situation in Yemen, I want us to imagine for a moment that imagine right now that in your state or in your city, a war has broken out. And as you can imagine, now that some of the schools are closing because there's war has broken out in some of the in some of the areas in your city. But what's happened also in Yemen is that some of the schools have been used as military sites. Now, for all of you educators and teachers out there, imagine that in some of the cities, the schools are still open. But because in some other areas, the schools were closed where you had 25 or 30 students, now the next day you show up to school and the principal says, guess what? Now you have 100 students in your class, but you have the same amount of resources. And that's a situation that Yemen is facing. They're not, they don't have the ability to have online school. If they do have, if the, if the situation does escalate with COVID-19 in Yemen, but this allows us to understand a little bit of the challenges that Yemen faces. We're going to now speak to Mr. Amir. I'm going to get him. I've got him now on the line standing by. Uh, Amir, are you there? Yeah. yeah. Good, Amir. Okay. It's uh, good to have you on the call today. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I'm Amir from Yemen. Um, I work as an education coordinator for a local NGO. Okay, great. Now tell me a little bit about, um, we were talking before about the education situation in Yemen, but give me, give me a little bit of a, you know, your opinion about what's going on in, in the education sector right now in Yemen. Um, well, uh, after five years of continuous conflict, uh, the humanitarian crisis in Yemen is the worst in the world, as many has uh, uh, talked about. Uh, the conditions are every day worsening, and millions of people are one step away from famine and starvation. Uh, really, the severity of suffering is shocking, and in the humanitarian sector, and most, if not all, parts of the uh, country are impacted with the conflict, and particularly the education sector. Uh, thousands of schools which were destroyed, and many others which were uh, occupied by militia, and others which were like used for um, other uses. So uh, it's a very complicated situation, and uh, really the education uh, sector has been very much impacted. So some of them were used as military bases, and what was the other thing that you said? Yeah, from, for other uses like uh, distribution of uh, humanitarian aid, like distributing food, uh, using as centers for treating uh, cholera, um, like many other uses which uh, schools are not. Um, like uh, designed to uh, uh, occupy. You know, tell me a little bit of uh, what encourages you. Uh, well, uh, there are many, uh, like, uh, success stories that uh, uh, one can talk of. Um, let me just mention one, the story of uh, one of our beneficiaries. 
her name is Reem, and uh, Reem has uh, fell off the roof of her house at her early uh, years when she was a child, and uh, because his family were, uh, was not able to provide her like medical treatment, uh, she remained disabled. Uh, when she grew up, uh, she, uh, she was really suffering. Uh, till um, uh, we have introduced a kind of a literacy class um, uh, project in the village, uh, she was very happy to join, and she joined the class uh, with uh, like a motivation. Uh, she uh, uh, did well in the classes, and later on we have introduced an uh, early uh, child development center, and she was selected as a teacher. Uh, for that class, she was extremely happy, and uh, uh, she uh, talked to us how people uh, start greeting uh, uh, her with "Hi, teacher," and that really uh, makes a big difference in her life. Uh, she was able to uh, encourage also other schools to uh, uh, share and donate for other uh, projects. Uh, and from her uh, little stipend, she was able to uh, uh, have part of that for, uh, like, uh, donating it for projects, community projects, and so on. So uh, that was a great change and a great hope for us um, that we can see. So just for the listeners, you know, as uh, just to, you know, summarize, there was a girl named Reem. You said that she, as a, she was on a roof of the house and she she fell from the roof and she became disabled. And then she part you're saying she participated in a women's literacy program. And then after that, she participated. She was selected to be a teacher in the early childhood development project that you that you did. And so that's kind of helped to help her to gain respect because now they even greet her as you know teacher Reem. And th- this is this is uh, that's what you were saying, correct? Yeah, right. And she uh, really gets empowered, and she's uh, now uh, uh, working as an activist in the area, uh, motivating other people to uh, participate in uh, uh, helping others. That's really a great uh, impact of that project. That's great. You know, thanks for sharing that. You know, something else that our listeners, you know, are maybe not familiar with, but in Yemen, the boys and girls, once they get to the ninth grade, and sometimes I think the seventh grade, they have to study separately. Uh, you know, tell me a little bit more about that and tell me what are you all doing to support girls from, you know, getting back to school and also from continuing their studies? Because I understand that if there isn't a place for them to study, then the parents just leave them at home and they're not able to continue their studies. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, this is right. Like uh, here in Yemen, uh, we do have problem with the girls' education. Well, there are no uh, schools available for them, so they had to join like uh, boys' schools, and uh, they are only allowed to join ten seventh or ninth grade. And uh, after that, uh, they have to drop out in uh, uh, many places, especially in the rural areas. And uh, I have a story that uh, uh, I've seen a kind of uh, great impact. Like we uh, uh, 
like target one of the villages where we've seen that girls after the ninth grade um, drop school and stay at home um, because the nearest girls school that they can uh, uh, join is some like 10 to 15 kilometers and as a conservative uh, society uh, the parents will not allow them to uh, go for that distance so they had to stay at home there were about uh, 120 girls were uh, uh, dropped out from schools and um, we had uh, an idea that we could just uh, rehabilitate one of the buildings fill in the area and use that as a girls school uh, we've worked in that uh, uh, you know our team and uh, yeah, we registered that building as a school named Alkis, and uh, we uh, supply that school with all the furniture and teacher volunteer teachers whom we pay for them like uh, stipend. And the school operated, and all those girls were uh, uh, staying at their uh, homes joined, and now uh, uh, some of them are like in third, uh, secondary uh, school. Um, they're all happy and they're all telling the story uh, uh, to me, uh, visitors. That the, uh, they, they thank, they thank the, the team for this initiative because uh, without that uh, thing, I mean, they could have been uh, depressed from education and uh, the alternative would be uh, exposed to uh, uh, early marriage and those uh, things. So, uh, really, it was a very uh, 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 project which I encourage other uh, uh, like NGOs to work on, trying to find some places for those girls uh, uh, to settle study, um, because uh, the problem is the society itself is not uh, allowing uh, them to uh, sit and study with other boys in a school, and the priority always goes to male boys for uh, in uh, terms of building schools and so on. I think uh, that's a great, I mean, it's a great story. It's a great project. Um, just to summarize, uh, there was about 120 girls that had to, they, were, they couldn't go. There wasn't a school for them after the ninth grade. And so they, they had to walk 10 or 15 kilometers. But because it's a conservative area, their parents wouldn't let them walk that distance. And so they were basically just stuck at home. They would couldn't continue their education, but then I understand that your organization they they helped to refurbish a school in the area, and they provided furniture and they provided other school materials, and then the girls were able to come from their homes, and 120 girls were able to continue their education. And I think one thing that to highlight is the fact that you know this also protects them because they're very vulnerable from um from early child marriage and sometimes they're very vulnerable for for this is that is that correct yeah correct right and the the problem that this happens uh, in different places in yemen uh gets always the victim right well uh, Amir, I, I really appreciate you coming on the line today but before i before i let you go I want to ask you, how can we as an international community, uh, how can we continue, how can we support what you're doing in Yemen? Um, talking about uh, education, I think uh, we still uh, need uh, uh, a lot of 
things to uh, support, uh, things like um, uh, furniture, things like uh, whiteboards, charts, or markers, uh, supporting the volunteer teachers with stipends because many of them are not receiving any uh, uh, salary or any uh, stipends from anywhere. So uh, we may just support them somehow with some incentive for transportation at least. Um, uh, other things is uh, like encouraging, um, as I said before, uh, rehabilitating some buildings. They use them as girls' schools. Um, textbooks also recently uh, uh, has been a big issue. Um, students uh, sit for classes without uh, textbooks. Uh, you can imagine that for three years, many of them are not receiving even a single book. And they depend on only uh, what's written on the ne- uh, notebooks or on uh, some books they buy from the market and the uh, price of those uh, textbooks uh, become very high. Uh, some of them, they, uh, I mean, to buy each to some three, four dollars each uh, textbook, each book, uh, which they cannot afford to uh, buy. So there are big problems still that we can work on uh, with rehabilitating the uh, building which has been exposed to uh, uh, either uh, airstrike or uh, being used by uh, IDBs as a shelter or by uh, many reasons where uh, uh, which we can work on and to let schools uh, be uh, uh, ready for children uh, to uh, use. Thank you, Amir. You know, in case you didn't hear that. Um you know, one thing that they support is they support stipends. Um, even though some of these teachers haven't had their salaries paid for months, even longer, you know, but they help with stipends, even if it's for transportation. And you're saying even, you know, basic materials, you know, like whiteboards and, uh, and school, some school books and these type of things. Um, I, Amir, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you giving us a little bit of a look inside of what education in Yemen is like. I'll uh, say a few more things once we get off the line. And I really appreciate you. I really appreciate what you're doing you and continuing to really empower um, the society and especially helping to get, you know, girls into school, especially into secondary education, because, you know, as we know, they are. They are they they are the leaders uh, that are going to be taking uh, Yemen into the future. So thank you, Amir. Thank you. Well, there we heard from Amir. It's it was really an honor to hear from him, and just to hear how they're involved in education to continue supporting education in Yemen, and also to hear stories like Reem's story. You know, a tragic story of her falling from a roof and you know, becoming disabled. And, you know, often in Yemen, that means like your life is over. And but to see her, you know, not only participate in a literacy program, but be a teacher in in, in this early childhood development. And then again, to hear from, you know, to have 120 girls, you know, basically, you know, their lives are over, you know, their, their, their dreams and their ambitions and their goals you know, just to be able to be told by people like you can't you can't continue to study. You have to stay home because there isn't a school for you. And and really all it took was, you know, some some material to refurbish the school. And then these girls were able to continue. And, and it's great to be able to hear from 
from Amir that they're now in, you know, second year of high school and, and we're going to keep on following up with these 120 girls and, and hearing how they're doing and, and what else can be done for them. And because like I was saying on the call that they, they are the future and they are the ones, you know, they are the leaders now that will be uh, leading Yemen uh, into the future. So uh, it's, it's really been, you know, great to hear from Amir. I'm going to leave it at that today. And uh, this is Yemen News, and my name is Alex Williams. Uh, it's, it's great to have you on the show with me. Mm-hmm.